Many teenagers today are struggling to accept the biblically-based Christian faith of their parents. Some even feel their parents have ruined their childhood by force-feeding them Jesus and the Bible, a Jesus and Bible that they now believe rivals the veracity of Santa Claus, for instance, and fairy tales. The only difference between Santa and Jesus in the eyes of many kids today is that their parents actually believe the Bible and the Jesus myth. Now, unfortunately, even as well-meaning, God-fearing parents, our daily lives can often betray what our mouths have been saying concerning God and the biblical Christ, which fuels the doubts and the suspicions in our kids. So to many a kid today, God just doesn't make sense. Now, that's why we need to be making sense of God to our kids. That's today on License to Parent. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy, a year-long Christ-centered residential program for teens in crisis. Our host on Licensed to Parent is the founder and director of Shepherd's Hill, Trace Embry, and I'm Rich Rosel. And welcome. We are glad you're here with us today. Now, Trace, many of the kids coming to Shepherd's Hill have abandoned their parents' faith for mm-hmm. a whole lot of reasons, including... I guess, seeing what they consider hypocrisy in mom or dad. But what are some of the other reasons that you see given as to why kids are leaving the faith, especially the kids who come through the gates here? Yeah. Well, I'm not so sure kids are walking away from the concept of God as much as they're walking away from the church. Uh, And I I just want to say briefly that I I believe there's as much unjustification, if that's a word, for our kids (laughs) abandoning their faith as there is justification. Because as culpable as the church might be for some of this, really, what, what... better alternatives are our kids turning to? Uh, and where is it written that kids have to be exhilarated or, or entertained by every aspect of life or, or truth or reality? I mean, certainly not scripture, uh, but that's another story. Uh, I, I think, Rich, uh, today's culture, largely uh, through the media, the internet, movies, TV, music, entertainment sure. in general, I mean, the public education, uh, today's mental health field, and that includes the pharmaceutical industry, by the way, uh, our government, and yes, even the church, uh, all have successfully marginalized God and his word, even the church. Uh, So our entire infrastructure today is now loaded with hippie-era postmodern thinkers. Uh, You know, that philosophy that says if it, uh, or worldview that says if it feels good, do it. Truth is relative. There are no absolutes. My truth is as good as your truth. Your truth isn't true for me. I should do whatever I want to do when I want to do it. That's just your opinion, Mom. That's just your opinion, Dad. Who are you to tell me what to do? And kids are saying these very things to their parents today, and too many parents just stand there like wood carvings and let it happen. Mm. But to postmodern thinking kids, their arguments make sense to them. Uh, You know what makes sense to a pedophile? (laughs) Naked children. Uh, I mean, this is largely because these kids have never been challenged. And and by the way, they're just taking the the same postmodern thought that they're their parents and grandparents were indoctrinated with and moving it to its logical end, which is chaos. Yeah. But, but their parents and grandparents still had enough of a biblical worldview remnant left in them, uh, whether they actually were Christians or not, not to move the needle all the way to the left. And parents either don't know how to argue against postmodern thought or they're afraid to for fear of being labeled politically incorrect themselves, mm-hmm. or, or they just ex- have accepted it. And, and that includes, of course, you know, the, uh, uh, the, the fifth commandment. They, they, don't, uh, they don't buy that anymore because God tell them, exalted human beings, how to live life. I mean, uh, God doesn't make sense to today's kids. And so I'm anxious to speak with today's guest because I, I really think he can help us help our kids through the process of making sense of God. Yeah. Well, I, I am excited to have today's guest with us, period. 
there are few names that float to the top in Christian circles these days, men and women who really seem to understand Scripture and communicate its truths so clearly to the body of Christ. And for me, Tim Keller is one of these people. Timothy Keller is Pastor Emeritus of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City. The Influentials issue of New York Magazine featured him as the most successful Christian evangelist in the city. That was for his engagement with young professionals and artist demographics. Uh, Dr. Keller received his bachelor's degree from Bucknell University in Lewisburg, Pennsylvania, his Master of Divinity from Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary in Massachusetts, and his Doctor of Ministry from Westminster Theological Seminary. He's the author of a number of books, such as New York Times best-selling books, The Reason for God and The Meaning of Marriage. Uh, Tim Keller is also chairman of Redeemer City to City. This is uh, a part of Redeemer Church that's helped start over 380 churches in global cities worldwide. Meanwhile, the city that he still calls home is New York City, where he lives with his wife, Kathy. Well, Pastor Tim, welcome to Licensed to Parent. Yeah, thank you so much. What a privilege to have you here. Listen, before we get to the nuts and bolts of making the sense of God to our kids, it seems that American Christian parents are now now facing what Christian parents in other cultures around the world have had to deal with for over 2,000 years now. And, and I'm talking about having their worldview, which includes how we raise our kids, scrutinized and criticized, marginalized, ostracized, even worse. How do we convince more Christian parents that the Bible really does have the, the right idea about raising kids when so many of today's intelligentsia tell them to look left? Well, the uh, the the the, uh, the Bible is actually not the only place. Frankly, I mean, when you go to the Book of Proverbs, the Bible actually talks a lot about raising children, and uh, it's interesting that I think if you read, and I've been working through the Book of Proverbs recently, mm-hmm. I think that the number one thing the Bible uh, says about uh, the number one task or responsibility of a parent is not discipline. That comes second. You know what the first one is? It's teach. Mm-hmm. And if you really read the book of Proverbs and, and collect all of the things that the, that the book says about parenting, it's more important that you teach your children right from wrong. Discipline is second. In other words, discipline obviously goes along with that, but it's not primary. It's teaching. Okay. Uh, and I think that's what that's what Proverbs would say. Because I would say, of course, if you if you teach people, if you teach your kids something is right or wrong, and you don't back it up with discipline, then it basically shows you to be a hypocrite. Like you actually don't believe it. And uh, you know, this sounds kind of strange. I actually think that even kids who, to some degree, um, reject uh, uh, the, their parents' teaching are. And they and they adopt a different set of right and wrong. They're even better off than parents that didn't teach their kids anything and gave them the impression there is no right and wrong. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I think I think the parents need to realize that that uh, the worst thing is not that they teach their kids and their kids reject it because, by the way, kids very often come back. Sure. Uh, over the years, the worst thing is not that they teach their kids and they rebel. The worst thing would be if they actually shut up. Yeah. which is what the culture wants to do. The culture yeah. says, you don't teach your kids. Mm-hmm. You just love them, and you give them to the experts right. to take care of. Right. And uh, no, the Bible says you teach your kids. And in the long run, by the way, even if they reject some of what you say, or even all of what you say, they're going to actually respect you better. If you teach them and you discipline them, they'll look back, and even if they don't adopt your faith, 
which would be very grievous, they'll still have a respect for you, and they'll actually still be better off. And they're also at least likely to come back to it, too. Um, then if you just say, do what the culture tells you, and that is just shut up and not tell them anything about right and wrong and let them decide for themselves. Yeah, at the end of every broadcast, uh, I sign off every broadcast, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. And I think the problem that's right. today that's is right. somebody else already and Probably ha- the Internet. The Internet will train your children. Yeah. Well, that's, that's exactly right. Uh, in, in light of Romans 12, too, uh, is there really any way around the fact that as, as godly parents in, in 2017 America, uh, are we just going to have to accept and, and teach our kids to accept that, that lives as Christians are likely to be chalked with ridicule, slander, misunderstanding, bigotry, and, and even harsher forms of persecution? Are we really preparing our kids for that? Yeah, I do think some of it, surely. I mean, that's right. Uh, that's a hard thing. See, kids, uh, kids so very much want to fit in. Right. That, that's where the world, the flesh, and the devil really do a number on our children mm-hmm. because... It's, it's, it's essentially inevitable that children want to fit in. Um, and, and so there's a great fear of being out of step. Um, I remember it. You remember it. It's, uh, it's there. And so unless you, unless, you, um, unless you talk about the fact that you're part of a community that's out of step, not just you and me, but, I mean, you're part of a community, and this is one of the reasons why you actually do need to be in a church that's neither... To oh I don't know it's it's you know you need to be in a good church a church right. that your kid thinks is a good church too frankly mm-hmm. um, to say we're out of step and uh, with the culture and therefore we are going to get it on the chin if they feel like they're part of a group that's doing that it's not so hard to bear. If they feel like they're completely alone, and then it's actually pretty tough. I think yeah. a lot of kids feel just that way. Uh, their circle of friends are largely on on social media, and they're alone in their bedrooms uh, talking to them. And yeah. you know, it's it's we're we're trying to get kids here to to think about perhaps rebelling in a in a good way against the rebellion. Yes, and and yeah, uh, that's actually very wise. I think it's it's a good way of using a, a child's natural tendency to want to be different. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's what's so strange about kids is they want to fit in, but they also don't want to do just what they're told. Right. They and so you can actually say, um, you know, uh, we're not going to believe what the culture tells us. Mm-hmm. That actually also could be something that that can actually. Um, Push a good button. I was going to say, we try to use... Says, yeah, I want to rebel. Yeah, we, we try to use it as a lever. Uh, and we remind kids that entire cultures have been wrong before. And so often it's, it's uh, you know, a handful of, of Christian people who get it all turned around. I mean, Shepherd's Hill Academy used to be a, a, a cotton plantation at one time where it was totally legal for one man to uh, own another. And uh, it took a handful of, of Christians to get that turned around. And, you know, Nazi Germany and other places around the world as examples. And it gets the, the you know, the brains firing a little bit. And, and one thing that I've noticed in this through my own kids, I've, and I've got five, and yeah, they're all opposites from one another, but for each one of them, if they are confident in something, they don't tend to care whether their friends agree with it or not. They've almost got a prideful thing, yeah, well, I know I'm right about this. So I, I, I think this uh, perhaps lines up, uh, Tim, with what you were talking about, that the the, the child, even if he's disagreeing with, with the um, – the right and wrong that you've said, as long as they've got a concept of right and wrong, they're much better off. Um, if if uh, if we can get our kids pushing in a direction where they have some things that they firmly believe are true and are confident in them, they will stand against the attacks far better, I think. 
Yeah, and you know, here's here's something. Um, here's a strategy. Um, I've kind of uh, with your with your kids. It's it's in the Making Sense of God book. Um, young people today are very very moralistic. They, in other words, they they feel very strongly that you should not uh, marginalize people or oppress right. people. You should be open to people who are different than you are. That's a big moral. Um, it's just out there, and the kids will feel that too. Right. But what you can show is, <clears throat> you can say, "Well, let me ask a question. On what is the what's the what's the basis for that moral conviction?" And you say, "If you're Christian, then there's a Bible basis for it. There's right. all sorts of things in the Bible about saying, you know, the Old Testament just filled with uh, exhortations of the Israelites saying, you were uh, you were an immigrant in Egypt.'" Uh, you were a slave in Egypt, or you were poor and oppressed. So now, when you see a poor, oppressed person or an immigrant, you should be kind to them. I mean, the Bible's filled with talking, with saying, don't oppress people who are different than you are. Right. So you say, well, the Bible, which is God's Word, gives you a moral basis. But I said, your friends, who say they don't even believe in God, but they're just as moralistic, but what's the basis? Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, right. You know, what's ironic about modern postmodern culture, as you put it, is the kids are moralistic and yet relativistic at the same time. That's exactly right, yeah. So as soon as a kid say, you say to somebody, you know, you shouldn't do this, say, hey, you have no right to tell me what's right or wrong. Wait a minute. <laughs> Wait a minute. So you're saying there's nothing wrong with racism, right? Oh, no, that's wrong. Wait a minute. Aren't you telling that person that they're wrong? Right. Yeah. You see, how in the world can you tell me? I can't tell you what's right or wrong, but yeah. then you're telling everybody else what's <laughs> right or wrong. You're the hypocrite. Right. And what you ought to say is, if you're a Christian kid and you believe that uh, racism is wrong, you're not a hypocrite. But if you actually don't believe the world uh, came from God, if you believe we just all evolved, then actually the strong eating the weak is the way of the world. That's right. And you are actually being a hypocrite because you won't let anybody tell you what's right or wrong, but you'll tell other people what's right or wrong. I think that is a major problem for young people, and I found that talking about that actually helps them see why it's good to be a Christian. Big time, and it's got to be their idea. We do a thing here we call pushing the antithesis. We we actually ask these kids, okay, uh, let's take the, your uh, your uh, assumptions, assertions, uh, arguments to the logical uh, end. Uh, there's 7 billion people on the planet. You think that you should be able to do what you want to do when you want to do it, and they all do that. They all say that. Um, and I'll say, okay, what's the logical end of 7 billion people thinking that way? And they're a very honest generation. They'll say, well, chaos, and that's what's the logical all working of that? Well, war and death, and uh, yeah, mm-hmm. here's my worldview. I think I should love my neighbors myself and do unto others I hadn't do unto me. Uh, you know, what's the logical all working of 7 billion people thinking that way? Well, peace, love, harmony. <laughs> which, which world do you want to live in? And they just walk away. And then they start asking the questions, and then it becomes their idea, and that's when the lottery's been won with these kids. Uh, and, and here at Shepherd's Hill, they're, they're taking five steps forward. They're not taking six backwards. Uh, they, they, they just have no opportunity for that. And so that's great. they're not a stupid generation. They're as intelligent as any generation. They're more informed than any generation. Well, well they, that's what, the Socratic method. Yeah, they don't have wisdom. And wisdom uh, of the three is the only thing that requires requires a moral component, and that's when they have to deal with it. So when you, when you ask a question, like when you ask them a question so they give you the answer you want to give to them, that's just the Socratic method, mm-hmm. and actually not only is that good in general for teaching, but I think, it's, uh, I think you're absolutely right, it's especially good with kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, when, when parents have been in, intentional from birth, how should they respond when, when 18 years later 
their kids accuse them of brainwashing them with a biblical worldview that is now being unraveled by some 50-year-old college professor? Well, I think, um, uh, first of all, you, you, it's really, I mean, I'm a parent, <laughs> and I have three grown children. It's really hard not to uh, lash, lash out yeah. at that, and you mustn't. You have to remember their kids. It, that, that hurts terribly, but their kids, and it's really important to stay calm and to still be compassionate and loving, because later on, if they look back, they see you not blowing up mm-hmm. uh, when they, you know, did that. That'll, that'll actually help. Yeah. But I think you, um, you also have to say uh, that no matter how you raise a child, even if, for example, I had not taken you to church, that would have been a decision on my part as to what is right and wrong. That's true. I would have said it's wrong to take people to church. And so why wouldn't that have been brainwashing? I mean, mm-hmm. you, what you say, after, after you don't get calm and you say, you know, I love you no matter what, and I'm going to love you no matter what you say mm-hmm. to me, uh, though this is, you know, this, I don't agree with you here, and let me tell you why. And then basically what you would, I think what you'd have to say is any way you raise a child is basically bringing them into a moral universe. That's true. And so if I don't, if I, if I say, for example, you can decide what you want to believe about God later on, you think that's open-minded, but actually what I've done is I've told you that that is, that you can decide right or wrong for yourself, which is actually a moral decision. Mm-hmm. It's, and basically I'm, I'm bringing you into that moral universe and that moral framework. And so no matter what I did, what, no matter what I would have done, I would have brought you into a moral framework and I would have been actually putting a worldview on you. That's exactly right. And therefore... Yes, I did. I gave you the worldview that I, that, has, uh, that I believe is true, which, by the way, you'll do to your children, too. That's exactly you, right. Because once you decide what is right or wrong, you have to share it with your child. You don't want to be abrasive. You don't want to be harsh. You want to browbeat. So that's what you'd say. Yeah, you're going to let a little kid whose frontal lobe is you know, 20 years from being fully developed you know, make those kind of heavyweight decisions and, and then reinforce them. But like looking out in front of his trousers and deciding that he is no longer a he, he's a she... Uh, and parents are going along with this, I think is child abuse, but that's another story. Yeah. We're talking today with Tim Keller. He is uh, pastor emeritus of Redeemer Church in New York City. He's also author of a number of books, including the one that we're talking about today called Making Sense of God, An Invitation to the Skeptical. And I love that title. We've got to take a quick break here on Licensed to Parent. We'll be back with more conversation right after this. Remember back in the late 80s and early 90s as the internet hit the scene? You know, the information superhighway? We had great hopes that this new knowledge economy would make our teens more aware, diversify their tastes, and improve their verbal skills. But the enlightenment didn't happen. Technology has had the opposite effect. What once promised great hope for the future is now used to indulge in diversions. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, subtitled How the Digital Age Stupefies Young Americans and Jeopardizes Our Future, or Don't Trust Anyone Under 30, presents a portrait of the young American mind at this critical juncture, revealing the true cost of the digital age and our last chance to fix it. The Dumbest Generation by Mark Bauerlein, available in the store at LicensedToParent.org. Proceeds benefit the Shepherds Hill Academy Scholarship Fund. Teen rebellion, depression, addiction, rage, 
cutting and suicide are destroying our families today, but there is a way out. Shepherd's Hill Academy offers a 12-month Christ-centered nonprofit residential program where kids are being transformed with a biblical worldview and often medication-free. Christian apologist Ravi Zacharias is just one of many Christian leaders who understands what's happening at Shepherd's Hill Academy. It really is such an honor to come alongside Shepherd's Hill Ministries and licensed to parent to rescue those who have been seduced along the way. Uh, I cannot gainsay how important this is and to get behind a ministry like this, one will find the rewards to be extremely powerful in changing society. Get the help you need at Shepherd's Hill Academy. Go to helpmytroubledteen.org, helpmytroubledteen.org. Welcome back. This is Licensed to Parent, the radio outreach of Shepherd's Hill Academy. You can find a replay of this conversation and, of course, many others on the topic of intentional parenting at our website, licensedtoparent.org. And we're talking today with Tim Keller, author of a book that we love called Making Sense of God, an Invitation to the skeptical. Trace? Well, Tim, because of the proliferation of postmodern thought, it seems one of our basic problems in effectively communicating with and relating to our kids is the redefinition of terms. I mean, love is not lust. Freedom is now the freedom to do what you want rather than the freedom to do what you ought. You got the whole hate thing. You can't really prove that either, but we, we buy into that. Terms like sex, marriage, you know, peace is now peacekeeping rather than peacemaking. Uh, fake, who knows what that actually is. But do you think we can actually get any traction with our kids uh, toward making sense of God until we get settled on some of the definitions of terms? Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's actually a little scary uh, how people now will try to brand a particular word, like like the word hate, for example. Right. Mm-hmm. So if they say, well, that's actually just violence. That was violent, but that's not hate. Because it was violence <laughs> on the side of the oppressed. Yeah. So it's not hate. Well, they say, yeah, okay, so if you kill me screaming bloody murder, but that's not hate, but that's violence. So you begin to say, you can, I think sometimes you can show people some of this is nonsense, mm-hmm. um, but you do have to, I think, talk about what terms mean and say, let's use the word in a way that actually does make more sense. I agree with you. I think you have to do a little bit of uh, contention over those. Yeah, yeah you got to lay the groundwork first. You know, let, let's agree on terms, Junior, and then once we agree on the terms, we can go forward with our conversation. Yeah. Well, Rich is waving to me. We're out of time, but I, I got to ask you one more question. In 2008, I think it was, former Education Secretary Bill Bennett said, America is rapidly becoming the kind of nation that civilized nations send missionaries to. Now, as parents, are, are we allowing our kids to go with the flow of that decivilization? Uh, when we allow them to dress like gangsters or sexually provocative, uh, piercings and tattoos like the, the occult, uh, listen to certain kind of music, watch certain kinds of entertainment, uh, consume certain substances and behave in ways that prior generations would have been considered rebellious, evil, or even perverted, uh, are, are we culpable as parents? Are, are any of those things I just mentioned uh, – helping to contribute to the decivilization of our society in general and a world that our grandkids have got to uh, encounter? Sweep up and put yeah, back together. Right. Sure. Listen, I would, I would agree. 
um, on the whole, I would agree with what you just said. And I do think that parents should not just, uh, without any resistance, let kids dress like that and let kids be part of the culture without... Uh, they shouldn't just say, oh, well, you know, they're going to complain and this is okay. Right. No, it's not. Right. Now, I would say this. I'd only add one thing. Sometimes if you have a particularly rebellious kid um, and they really, really are pushing back, uh, and uh, it, it, every parent has to work on, on their kid. There's no one, you know, one, one size, size fits, fits all. all. Right. Yeah. And you might with some kids. I've seen some parents who actually did a pretty good job of saying, I am, I'm going to choose my battles. And the battles are they're going to come to church, but they want to they're going to they want to wear that. So in other words, I I'm fighting with them on everything, and I don't want to fight on on everything. I want to choose my battles, and so they, I'm going to fight with them on that. I'm going to give into that, even though I wish they didn't do it. So every parent's got to make those those choices. So yes, in on the whole, we ought to resist. In particular situations, you might want to give in somewhere, even though you don't want to, in order to. Uh, you know, keep a kid on the straight and narrow in other ways. So that's that's all I've said. Yeah, I, I I like that answer. I think there's exceptions to every rule. I mean, uh, David ate the showbread. Jesus picked grain on the Sabbath day. Yeah. I mean, there's exceptions yeah. to every rule. Even the proverbs are basically general principles to a people in general with general results. But I think there's there there are certain mm-hmm. situations where the spirit of God and the wisdom of God have to uh, take precedence. We're talking today with Tim Keller. He's pastor emeritus of Redeemer Presbyterian Church in New York City and author of a number of books, including the one we've been talking about today, Making Sense of God, and the soon-to-be-released God's Wisdom for Navigating Life. And Tim, can you give us a, a thumbnail view of what we'll find in your in your newest book? Oh, that's a daily devotional where you actually, I take a proverb. I, I uh, My wife and I worked on this together. We take a proverb or a couple of Proverbs every day. We uh, give you about a 100-word, 120-word reflection. It's very brief, and a brief way to pray about it into your own life. Mm, and awesome. that's it. It's 365 days. covers pretty much, pretty much the whole book. Excellent. Well, you will find those books and many of his books at uh, christianbook.com, amazon.com, and likely wherever better books are sold. Tim Keller, thank you so much for being with us on Licensed to Parent. Appreciate what you're trying to do there. Appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. you. God bless you. And that wraps up today's edition of Licensed to Parent. And, you know, we deal with kids every day at Shepherd's Hill who are pushing back against everything. Right no longer seems right. Up is now down. Parents know nothing. And to quote the late science fiction writer Douglas Adams, who is this God person anyway? That's a question they are frequently asking. Well, that's why Shepherd's Hill was started over 20 years ago, to bring help and healing to troubled teens and to their families through the truth of Jesus Christ. In our remaining moments today, I want to ask what you would do to save a child you know who may already have made some very bad decisions and as a result is now in turmoil, is one step away from jail or the grave, and doesn't see a way out. Perhaps you know the parents and can see what they're going through now trying to find a way out. Well, help is available, and it's right here, right now at Shepherd's Hill Academy, and we need your help to get the word out. If you know other families in need, please ask them to visit our website at LicensedToParent.org and then click on the link to Shepherd's Hill Academy. Everything you need to know to connect and talk with someone who cares and can help is right there. Now, in addition, many parents need your financial help. Residential care is specialized care, and providing it isn't cheap. Your monetary gift in any amount can help a family that couldn't otherwise afford residential care get the help that they need now. Please don't wait. 
visit us at LicensedToParent.org and click the Donate tab. All donations are 100% tax deductible and any amount will help. Again, LicensedToParent.org. Our guest coordinator on License to Parent is Daniel Fasina. Our technical producer is Carl Peets. For Trace Embry, I'm Rich Rosl, inviting you to join us again next time to renew your License to Parent. And remember, folks, if you don't train your children, somebody else will. God bless you. See you next time.